This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Product Coffee, where product professionals from Ibotta share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jamie Douglas. Patrick Kuchkowski. I'm Jake Orland. And I'm Kevin Gentry. So today's topic of conversation is the differences between consumer-facing and technical product roles. So Jamie, I'll put you on the spot if you have initial thoughts there. Oh boy. Um, so this is a one that's near and dear to my heart because I started more on the um, client side and um, building out um, programs for clients, so with, uh, with them in mind and building out the content for them there. Um, so I would say the it's been um, a process to get up to speed on what the technical side of things are, um, and so for me that that process has involved a lot of um, cross coordination with engineers, with um, analysts to really get insight into what our underlying architecture looks like. So I remember my first when I first started in on the job. That was within the first week. I did a download with one of the engineers walking through the architecture. Since then, I think about that conversation a lot, and that's um, something that I try to reference on a regular basis. But um, I think that's probably a key understanding for this. Yeah, I think you're you're spot on for me. I know, uh, you know, I started in a very heavy technical role, uh, actually in technical program management, then worked into product management, and only more recently have I had the opportunity to really move from being a technical PM into more consumer-facing and a lot of front-end. Um, and so I know this resonates particularly with me, um, and I know we'll, we'll have the chance to talk about, um, you know, really the, you know, main topic conversation that people will raise, which is, you know, how technical of a PM do you need to be? But um, really for me, the surprise is that as a technical PM, it really is all about working with engineers, understanding your back end. On the consumer facing, it really is much more about interacting with design, working closely with marketing, and sussing out the, the key differences there. So very, very welcome discussion. Yeah, this is this is really interesting for me too. I think it, it really comes down to who you're solving problems for. Um, with a consumer facing product, it's it's a lot more subjective. How, how is a, a user emotionally reacting to your product? How are they interpreting it? Are they understanding it? Um, and they're also not in the room all the time, right? And as a technical PM, it's a little bit different. You still, you are, you are more of a facilitator. You're trying to enable other internal teams to go serve those end users. So it's a nuanced difference. You still have stakeholder management. You still have to understand your user. You still have to understand pain points. But how those users interact and consume and judge your product is a little bit different and how you gather that feedback and how you gather 
um, your requirements is also different, right? Because your stakeholders as a technical PM are often right, right there in the room with you. Yeah, I think for me, the difference would be the, um, I, I guess it depends on the product myself, the ad products is what I'm working on. And that kind of blends the line a little bit of consumer facing versus, um, more technical backend components of it. It can be broken up in a couple of different ways, but it's really, I kind of think for each product, where is the need immediately? Um, and then that's kind of where we'll shift your focus to. Like if it's, you know, you really need to do some work on the back end. that's kind of like where your focus will be. Um, I think in terms of how technical a PM has to be, any PM, I think you need to be the expert on your product. So you need to know the in and outs, the guts, how does it work? Um, how do consumers, um, you know, um, access the product, all the, all those details, like how BI interfaces with data engineering, interfaces with the analytics team, interfaces with um, engineering, like you need to know all of those things. Um, and it, it each level, it's it, you can go into deeper levels than that or um, just, just kind of remain a little high level as long as you know um, that. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we why don't we unpack that a little bit? I think. Yeah. How technical do you have to be to be a technical product manager? Yeah, my my own side of the house. Um, once and Jamie, you could probably speak to this pretty heavily too. When you're first stepping into the role, you generally have no idea what you're doing, and so you're, you're right. very much leveraging engineering. So you may not have to be very technical. I think as you grow and mature into that product role, though you have to become at least somewhat technically fluent and be able to speak the same language. Less so to be able to say how we want to build something, but be able to understand scope creep, to understand when stakeholders want something and it's not technically feasible. Mm -hmm. So you can become the front line uh, in front of engineering so that they're not having to be dragged into conversations and that your roadmap is actually indicative of what you can build. Yeah, yeah I think... Key, key points there are you need to know the what and the why, but not necessarily the how. Yep. Right? You don't need to know how to build an API, but you do need to know what it is and why you need it. Um, so you can go talk to those other stakeholders, so you can hold your team accountable on scope creep. Completely agree. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of times what that exposes is the blind spots, you know, the questions that you don't know that you should be asking, especially when you start out on the non-technical side. Um, it takes a while to get up to speed and to learn that shared language and to make sure that you are asking for that API versus like, mm -hmm. just what do we need? <laughs> well, that, that comes with like practice too. I think, you know, I've been burnt early on in my career where it's like, yeah, what do you mean we can't do this? Mm -hmm. Right. Or like you, you kind of work back and forth with your tech team and you're kind of slowly learning the process, right? You're slowly learning, oh, this is how things work in the back end. This is how this works. Right. Um, and that's just a learning experience thing, too. I think over time, you just, you know, get better and better. And then you start to know, oh, these are the types of questions we need to go ask. And this is how to get to that information quicker. And um, just, you know, that practice of, you know, being inquisitive and, and more curious in those kind of situations makes you a stronger overall PM, both technical and non, I think. I think for me, having been in both roles, it takes longer to ramp as a technical PM, because often there's so much domain-specific knowledge that isn't intuitive. As a consumer-facing product manager, you can go look at your product, right? And you can go evaluate it for yourself, and you can put yourself in the shoes of the user, who more often than not is probably not a technical consumer, 
right? Yes, there are technical products out there, but the vast majority of people in the product world are probably working on consumer-facing products that aren't technical in nature. On the other hand, as a technical PM, you probably have all these services and you have this nomenclature and the, just the different kind of decisions that have been made in the past and just understanding those, let alone the technical components, just takes so much longer to understand. So yeah, I think to Kevin's point, like ask a lot of questions, have your engineers draw it, but I think it's better to understand going into it that it's probably gonna take you a while to get to a point where you can make decisions. What's a tool that you can bring with you anywhere as a technical PM that isn't domain specific? Google. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like, yeah, do you mean a tool or like, like more a, a question to ask or like a like process a maybe? Yeah, yeah, like you as a professional, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that you have a certain yeah. amount of skills, what's something that you bring with you everywhere? I would start uh, by asking to if you're if you're a technical PM coming onto a squad that has already existed, ask someone to walk you through the backlog. Yeah. And why is this item here? Why is this item here? Why haven't we done this? Why haven't we done that? And what are you worried about? Because that'll give you a lot of insight into where are the risks? Where is the tech that that's slowly creeping up and probably going to bite you if you don't know about it early on? Yeah, I think the understanding the inflection points in how a product was built is really yeah. critical there. Yeah. And I think you're, you're hitting on just that because especially whether it's consumer-facing or technical-facing role, there will be forks in the road with how you design it and why you design it. And especially in that technical role, there is trade-offs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of time, to Jake's point, there is tech debt and you've decided to move faster rather than to build it in a scalable format. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know that you're about to walk into a pitfall. Yeah, I think a good process that I always um, stick to going to new companies is, you know, draw me the architecture. Like, that's the biggest thing is, like, I always start with the architecture. And if that, you know, that diagram doesn't exist somewhere, that's telling. <laughs> but then it needs to be created. And then in that process of creating that architectural diagram, you uncover a whole bunch of uh, more information, right? Like, you c I think it kind of shows you the end-to-end -end flow of your services and your product that you're supporting, and then you become an expert on those things. You go, okay, yeah, this flows through this first. Who is who's responsible for that? Okay, this team owns that, and it does this process. Great. Okay, what about this one, right? And so you ask those questions, but I like to start with that architectural diagram. I would say do that and then ask the question, what does this facilitate? Because the engineering team will tell you exactly how everything works and where things flow, but they may not be able to articulate as well what is this doing in the business sense, right? Like, why, why did we architect this way? What business outcome are we trying to enable? And how good are we at doing that? And that, that's tough because we don't know. Like, it could be legacy developers that have, you know, are no longer with the company. Yeah. Right? So we don't even yeah. have the context of why this was built. And, it, you know, you, you can't assume ill intent, right? I mean, right. you can always say that they knew the best or they did the best they could at the time, yeah. right? So that's, yeah. Well, and, and I think that hits on the last point that I would say, which is once you've architected, have those conversations with engineers. Now you have to talk to your stakeholders. Yeah. So you understand a little bit of why the engineers built it this way and how they built it, but now you have to understand the why that came from your predecessors, from the stakeholders, which then leads me into an inevitable question between, you know, for our, our topic of the day. So what is everyone's thoughts on how do you work with stakeholders on a technical product <laughs> and as a technical PM versus in a consumer facing? What's the difference between those stakeholders? 
I would say I would start by saying a technical PM is facilitating problems that are blocking the solving of problems for users. Um, and then as a consumer facing PM, you are trying to use the resources that are pre- that are presented to you from the back end teams to go solve those problems for users. So a consumer facing PM is really trying to figure out what is the core user problem, the consumer problem that we're trying to solve as a team, as a company. And then you are then also a stakeholder to the back end team saying, hey, I'm trying to solve this problem for users, but I have this problem with what I'm receiving from the server or whatever. Uh, and then you would go to that technical PM and say, hey, can you help me solve this? So there's kind of this chain reaction from the technical user. And I think this is a, a misconception of technical PMs is that technical PMs don't serve end users. That's totally not true. You do, you're just one step removed, but what you build is the foundation to make everybody else successful. So I have a question now. So the processes, maybe in product development, the distinctions between technical and non. Mm. Like I I know with non-technical, there's a lot more user testing, right? There's a lot more multivariate testing, whatnot, and and maybe feature flagging and whatnot. Back end, you don't really do much of that. Um, maybe it is a part of the rollout. You know, a percentage you roll it out and you test and kind of get a load test, per, you know, for an example. But um, are there any kind of those things that stick out in your guys' mind? I think the biggest thing that we test when it comes to technical um, products is our scalability and our performance. So making sure that that is at parity or better than you know with the current system. Um, that's the important stuff for us. So um, for us in particular, we're um, rebuilding a lot of the existing products that we have and just making them better, more efficient on our new architecture. And so um, for us, it isn't necessarily that we are building something new and getting user feedback on like, hey, this color, is this the right color for this thing? It's more like, is it still behaving in the way we expect it to at scale? And those are the key things that we look at. I think for me, it's did we provide what was necessary to arm the team to go answer those questions that you're talking about, right? Are we giving, are we providing the tools? Are we putting them in the toolbox for the user-facing teams to be able to go run these tests and answer those more subjective questions that we can't answer without multivariate testing? So for me, it's like, yes, it's performance and scalability, but also it's a little bit more focused on did it work? Right? Did we provide? It's a little bit more clear cut. It's a little bit more black and white yeah. um, than, say, a user facing role. Yeah, but, a lot of our measurements end up being kind of binary, which yeah. is a hard story to tell sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that's why, as I've kind of made this transition over into more of a consumer facing role, I've also found that I can I'm, I can't be as sloppy necessarily with some mm-hmm. of my product briefs and the requirement <laughs> gathering. I think as a, a technical PM, you can lean a little bit more on your architect and the engineering managers yeah. there to help you. That's a great point. There's always these yep. little distinctions <laughs> that like, like, oh, I didn't think about that error state. Now we have to redesign this whole component or I didn't think about this legal copy. And so you really have to do a lot of due diligence and the consumer facing that maybe you don't have to think through because you're just, you're largely focused on performance indicators and a lot of that stuff instead of the full, full range of tests. Yeah. So. 
Um, we had a short one for today. Um, we had to wrap this up um, due to scheduling conflicts. Of course, product managers are super busy all the time. But um, in, in that vein, do we have any product homework or exercise for our listeners um, on this specific topic that we could uh, task them with? So I would go and challenge yourself and bring back to the group um, exactly what was posed to us. And that is, what are the tools and the assets that you would leverage at any other company in order to become technically fluent in that architecture and in the company itself? Is there a different process or way that we could share so that as product managers across the board, we can all get better? Anyone else have any exercises or homework? I would say go to your probably more experienced engineer and ask them to draw you a diagram. I think that's a great Pick a metaphor, because <laughs> you're going to need to shop it around in every single department. Yeah, I love that. That's <laughs> really cool. All right. Well, with that, um, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Um, please leave us five stars, because you know you love us. And um, if you leave comments in that and uh, rate us five stars, we'll read some of those on the air. Well, that wraps up this week's product coffee. We've all finished our coffee. Thanks for joining us. Now go level up. This is product coffee three times in there. I, I know. Did I already say that? No, no, times? no. You said it twice, okay. which I is did. good because it actually has it in here three times. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, we need to rewrite that so we can like, oh, go man. off that script. I think it has alts. And so, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Thanks.